The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Happy Monday if you're listening on the day that the episodes go up. I hope you're going to have a wonderful week. But this week, we are joined with a guest. Dr. Claudie Pascal is a part-time faculty, a dentist working in FQHC, and we also talk a lot about her own personal financial goals for her and her family and how they're working to get to a point of financial freedom where they're working because they want to work and they want to serve and they want to give back and use their skill, their craft as dentists, compared to maybe feeling obligated to reach a certain threshold at work and being bogged down by financial burdens. So we talk about their house flipping and Airbnbs. We talk about some ways that people can get started, what that looks like for a student graduating with debt, and just overall her journey um, from undergrad to dental school to now being a new grad and what the life looks like for her. So I think you all really enjoyed this week's episode. I did just want to quickly do my usual intro, catch you up on what's been happening this week for me in dental school. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, that would be a good place to go after this one because I did break down my D2 summer class schedule, so all the classes that we're taking right now and also what we're doing in clinic. So Other than that, though, this week in particular, I had an exam on Monday. Still don't have my grades back yet, but that was for a respiratory systems class. I've had tons of meetings. Like, every single night, I have at least one or two meetings. But I've also really been having a lot better of a social experience in dental school. I know I've mentioned that before, and definitely a ton in YouTube that I was hoping as summer came and restrictions were lessening that things would get a little more open. I'd be seeing more people. I've been going to like happy hours and picnics and bonfires and like all the things. And then also, like I said, doing a lot of meetings for my actual clubs. So I feel like this summer is on a really good track and I'm hoping for the best. Other than the exam this week, I also assisted on Wednesday and a lot of work planning for our Christian Dental Association upcoming year because I'm a leader for that. I presented to another pre-dental organization on Wednesday and then just some club meetings for other things that I'm involved in. The dental fraternity that I'm in does an academic preview every semester, which is super helpful, where they go through each class, talk about some of the pros, the cons, study tips, things to look out for. So I really appreciated that. And then I'm going to be home this weekend celebrating a six-month anniversary with my boyfriend. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then the following week is going to be Memorial Day. And on that day, you'll have another episode going up with Dr. Rascone. She is a perio resident at Penn, and she went to NYU for her dental school. So that'll be another really cool guest. And at that point, I also don't have classes on Memorial Day, so I'm looking forward to having a chill day. After that episode, though, we'll be back with a solo episode talking about my dental school favorites on June 7th. So that's just a little outline of what you can be looking forward to in the next couple weeks. But for now, we're going to get into that amazing episode with Dr. Pascal. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. So we have another guest here today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Claudia Pascal, and I am super honored and excited to uh, be here with Haley today. Um, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. My parents moved to the U.S. from Haiti years ago before I was even born. And um, it's something I'm truly grateful for because all throughout life, their sacrifices and love and prayers um, have gotten me to a very um, amazing point in my life right now where I am currently um, serving as a dentist, a general dentist, as well as an assistant professor. And um, it's it's honestly something I would have never imagined for myself, but being here, I just really thank God for it and the opportunity to use this avenue to um, fulfill my passions and desires in life. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go um, in the future. Awesome. So I know you mentioned a lot there, and we're definitely going to kind of unpack all the different things that you're pursuing in your day-to-day life throughout this mm-hmm. episode. But I guess the first thing we can start with is what brought you into dentistry? Yes. So it's it's such a funny story. Just to give a little, I will try to give a little short, sweet kind of intro with enough background to understand the significance of it. So initially when I left high school, I really had a limited knowledge in terms of graduate school um, and professions higher than nursing, really. Um, that's really mostly what I saw and was familiar with. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. So I had to choose a career. And I said, you know what, I do want to serve in a capacity of health. So something that seems doable, not too challenging is dietetics and nutrition. So I went off to my college, Oakwood University, um, to pursue dietetics and nutrition. And along that journey, I had um, one of my professors, one who I attribute a lot of where I am today, um, to, she um, approached me and she basically encouraged me to switch my major to biology and to consider medicine instead. So I started on that pre-med route, um, got to Loma Linda University for a post-bac uh, program with the um, goal of performing well and therefore being able to enter the medical school class. But along that journey, I found myself kind of getting weary with all of the studying and just missing that outreach component because all throughout college, I was a part of a nonprofit organization and did a lot of outreach work in the community, helping with free clinics and tutoring and things of that sort. And I was like, man, I just missed that. That's really what I really want to do. Um, And I just like, I needed to have more of that. My husband at the time was my fiance and he was in dental school and he was helping plan a free clinic, um, helping run the dental component. And I said, you know what, this weekend, I'm just going to go. I'm going to bring all my books and stuff with me. I will study, but I just need to get out there and just do some service, do something to keep me motivated and going. And when I got there, Haley, I was so amazed to see how everything was set up for the dental service 
businesses. And it's funny because I was all prior to that, I was in a relationship with my husband for two years, all while he was in dental school. And I never thought of dentistry. But it's once I saw those chairs set up, those tables, those little transportable units opened up and all the instruments being used and individuals walking in with needs and being able to get their cleanings, get fillings, extractions, whatever it was on the spot. It just really blew me away. And I was like, wow, Lord, can I do this? And I just started praying about it so much and looking more into it. I laid out my visions and goals for life. I was like, okay, why am I even pursuing medicine? You know, I know I want to serve. I want to serve to the biggest capacity, but I especially want to do it in a, be able to do it in a nonprofit setting. I want to be able to go any and everywhere and serve any and everyone if I can. And um, what are my long-term goals in life? What do I see myself doing? And as I listed all of those things and compared medicine and dentistry, I came to the conclusion that so much more lined up with dentistry. And and I dropped out of that postback program and immediately started studying for the DAT, getting some shadowing hours in, and I applied for dental school. And by the grace of God, I was able to start that exact following year. Wow, that is quite the journey. So mm-hmm. from what you were talking about, one of the things you were ending on there was kind of the vision that you have and really figuring out your why and your goals. And that's one of the biggest advice that I give to people if they're One, if they're like struggling with motivation for school, really nailing down your why and your goals can help you push through. But what are some of those goals that you have just, I guess, on the dental aspect of your career? Absolutely. So ultimately, um, I, you know, when I went into, when I made the switch to dentistry, I told my husband, I said, I want dentistry to be my way of giving, not my source of living. So I just want to be able to have the skills that I need, have the means, the resources to do as much service as I can any and everywhere. So while I look forward to the clinical aspect, I was especially passionate about the um, community aspect, serving abroad, serving locally. And so when it comes to dentistry, I just am passionate about that patient education, the prevention, of course, which is so essential, but then also the treatment um, of the needs that individuals present with and realizing that there are many people who truly don't have access to the care. Um, They are not aware of the need to have the care. Um, And so just really, especially wanting to serve um, those populations, that's one of my biggest passions when it comes to dentistry. And so, yeah, that's, that's really where I, I was when I decided to join, I mean, excuse me, to join, (laughs) to, I guess, yeah, join a dental fam, but um, to actually pursue dentistry. And it's still one of my biggest passions right now when it comes to dentistry. Awesome. So right now, I know you graduated very recently and you're working as a general dentist. Are you in a private practice setting or what does your day-to-day work look like? Yes. So my day-to-day work is quite dynamic. So I spend one day in a private practice setting um, and it's a faculty dental office that I have the privilege of serving in because I also am an assistant professor. So on two other days, I'm working on a course that I have the privilege of teaching and it's an HIV and dentistry rotation more like a practicum that we provide to our students just to refresh and remind them of what they need to be mindful of when they're serving immunocompromised patients, uh, specifically with patients living with HIV AIDS. And on two days during the week, I am serving at a federally funded um, healthcare center and um, my patient population there is also um, very different from the private practice setting. And that's more of that public health approach and 
that involves not the same kind of services that I necessarily have the luxury of providing in a private setting, but it still allows me to meet the needs of a population. And I actually really, really enjoy it. That private, that public health setting, I, I really, really love and enjoy it. That is really cool. It is a very, sounds like a very dynamic week and you get a little bit of everything that you enjoy. So it seems like a really good balance. Mm-hmm. No, it, it really is. And I love it because I always knew um, especially the more I got into dentistry, I just knew that I was not going to be working five days a week as a dentist, period. I was like, four days, you know, might even drop to three days. Um, but I knew that I did enjoy teaching and I didn't think I was going to have the privilege of doing it so soon, but I really love it. And I love the fact that it does allow me to have that balance of not doing um dental, you know, chair side work every day, I'm able to break it up. And um, I love the fact that, like I said, I also get to break up my mode of practice and thinking when I, you know, I'm able to do more of the public health setting. Yeah, you did mention that getting into teaching early wasn't something you expected. But how did that opportunity come about? Yes, so it's, (laughs) it's, um, Man, it's my my boss who who uh, I said invited me who hired me. I truly praise God for her every day. Um, she approached me towards the ending of my um, fourth year career, and she basically told me that she's been looking for someone to join the team of instructors for the rotation, as I explained it. And um, I came up as one of the individuals that was nominated and that she considered, and um, she was like, "I would love for you." to join us, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I am humbled and honored, but I would love to. And I especially was very comfortable with the idea of it because it's more so whole person care based. At Loma Linda University, there's something that we're really big on is whole person care. So yes, there's a clinical component, there's the procedures that you do, the treatment you provide, but there's also that holistic component, your patient, what are their needs and what are they going through outside of the involvements orally that you're trying to treat. And um, being able to enter Um, an area of teaching that focuses on that element is something I felt so comfortable in because I'm so passionate with it. And I wasn't going to have the pressure of, you know, checking someone's clinical work. It made it so much more comfortable for me to enter that, um, that realm of uh, academia. So is teaching, whether it be continuing a course like this, or maybe even clinical teaching, is that something you want to continue for the rest of your career, possibly? I definitely can see myself teaching for a lot longer. I I love it. I enjoy it. Um, It's one of the things I enjoy doing for my patients is making sure they understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, what's going on, and why the things I'm telling them is important. Um, So I love that education component. And any way that I'm able to teach someone or just bring their attention to something that can enhance whatever it is they're seeking to achieve. I absolutely love it. And so, yes, I definitely can see myself teaching um, long-term and I can see it all honestly evolving, you know, um, to what I don't know, but it's definitely something I don't mind doing um, long-term at all. That's really interesting. I'm 
Similar. I definitely have an interest in academia or instructing in some way, whether it's through a university or through continuing education or something. It's definitely an interest of mine too down the line. Yes. No, that, that's yeah. amazing. So looking back at your dental school experience, I would love to know a little bit about any experiences that you feel really helped shape your career now or your skill set now. Nothing specific sticks out in my mind. I think the experience as a whole was just very meaningful. And I just really appreciated the fact that, you know, at my school, the instructors were very diligent about trying to make sure we kept that whole person care element in mind as we served our patients. So I can't pinpoint one specific thing, but all of the you know, um, volunteering hours and experiences that I was able to get on our mobile unit, the mission trips that I was able to do um, with my school, um, and then even on clinic, you know, working with my attendings there, just that component of the patient as a whole um, was something that for me was very significant and I think laid a very important foundation to how I practice um, when I get out there to serve because a lot is going to come your way. You're going to be having so many things stressed, stressing you, especially if you have the business component to think of when it comes to dentistry. But when you were able to start with that deepened um you know, um, emphasis on whole person care, I think it really just kind of helps you to always remember to kind of step back in to incorporate that into your day-to-day practice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I really do admire that whole person approach because there can be so many influencing factors into someone's oral health manifestation. So it's really great that that's something you take the time to understand. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, there's another thing that I noticed from looking more into what you're doing and your social media presence. You started an Instagram fairly recently in March, and you're talking a lot about investing and growing wealth and this concept of fire. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that and maybe some of your goals that you have for you and your family? Yes, absolutely. So this is definitely a, a passion of mine that it has been brewing for years. Um, and, you know, it's kind of just evolved. And I finally, like you said, recently took the, the, the initiative to just kick it off. And pretty much um, what FIRE is, is it stands for financial independence and retirement early. And what financial independence signifies is that you basically no longer are depending on working for your paycheck because your investments and passive income supply the money that you need to live. So pretty much you no longer have to work for money because your money is working for you. Um, And then the retirement early is pretty much where you have the option to retire early with your personally determined expenses, like pretty much whatever you feel like you need to live, all of that is covered for the rest of your life. So you have the option to say, hey, I'm going to stop working at this point in my life, though it's far earlier than the traditional retirement age. And it's something that I'm really passionate about um, getting a lot of doctors on board too, um, because I think it's just so essential for us to be able to go to work and serve our patients purely because we want to be there and we want to serve, not because we need to earn the paycheck in order to sustain our needs and our wants. 
So whether we're going to work two, three, five days a week in a nice paying private practice or in a lower paying public health setting or academia setting, we are completely okay and satisfied and fulfilled with that because we don't have that stress looming over our head of, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to financially sustain myself, my family, my goals, and my desires today and in the future? That makes a lot of sense. And I guess I have a follow-up question with that, which would be, you obviously have a lot of knowledge about this and you're living it, you're practicing it now. How did you gain this knowledge? Are there any resources you could recommend for the listeners? Yes. So this all started with kind of like when I told you in the beginning, when I told my husband, I was like, I want dentistry to be my way of giving that my source of living. And when I told him that he was like, okay, no problem. You pretty much want financial freedom. And I was like, okay, whatever that is, if that's what's going to do it, let's go for it. And at the time I didn't know much about it, but my husband, who's always been like the savvy entrepreneurial into money and things like that, he was already familiar with the idea. And so once he graduated from dental school in 2016, he immediately started researching heavily into how are we going to be able to generate the passive income that will allow us to be free to not have to go to work um, to earn a living, but we can take time off to do free clinics, to travel, to serve, or et cetera. And so as he was learning, I was, of course, learning with him, but I was like so focused on dental school. I didn't get to learn as much as I could have at the time. But once I graduated, I started to dig in deeper and deeper to understanding it. And um, um, some a book that was especially helpful was the book um, that, was, that was written by Grant that hasn't written by Grant Sabatier and um, his book, Financial Freedom. It is amazing. And I definitely recommend that. Once you find him, you'll find him, um, all his resources, because he's kind of been one of the key individuals to kind of kick back up that, um, that mission. But the term financial independence honestly came um, out from um, Vicki Robin, who wrote the book, um, Your Money or Your Life, where she lays out nine steps to achieving financial independence. And she did that years ago. Um, so that's when the concept first came out, but it resurfaced again as very popular amongst millennials um, with individuals like Grant Sabatier. And there's so many podcasts out there, so many other books, Instagram pages that you have so many young people who are saying, look, I don't want to have to be stuck in this job that I don't enjoy, um, but I have to do it to live. Or maybe individuals enjoy their jobs. Like for many of us, we, we chose our careers, we enjoy it, but we don't want to have this fear of something happening. And now we're stuck worrying, how are we going to make it? You know, things happen like injuries, family tragedies, circumstances that pull you away from work. Look at COVID, right? That was a big, 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 big reminder as to why we cannot depend on one source of income and why it's so important to diversify our income stream. And um, like for individuals like myself, for you, if we want to get into lower paying positions like academia or public health, or if we just want to work less so we can have time for our families or to travel and do service, it, it allows us to be able to have the freedom to do so because we don't have to trade our time for money, but we can rather use our time to do whatever it is we are passionate about, even if it includes uh, working. I also would love to hear a little bit more about your real estate investments, how you got into Airbnbs, if you have any plans going beyond that. 
Yes, absolutely. So with the real estate investments that came on board um, with all of the studying that I was telling my husband was doing on the topic. And so 2019, the year that I graduated and the same year he started oral maxillofacial surgery residency is the year we pretty much kicked off our journey to financial freedom. And the way that we found most feasible for us was through a concept called house hacking. And it's pretty much where we told ourselves, okay, we knew my husband was going to go into residency for four to six years. And we just said, okay, we're not going to be paying rent for all of this time. How about we invest in a house so we can be putting money towards ourselves, creating equity and, you know, being strategic with how we're spending our our limited <laughs> finances through the next years. And so um, with house hacking, it allowed us to be able to strategically buy a property that would allow us to stay in one unit, one space and rent out the others. And so we weren't able to get into a multi-unit like we originally planned, but we found this huge house that had its own added in-law suite with its own private entrance. And we immediately was like, yes, this is it. And we immediately saw the potential to gain income from doing Airbnb from that property. And because I was apprehensive about having people just all up in inside of my house, I said, okay, great. We can rent these um, in, in, um, rooms inside of our home to more long-term, which is like traveling professionals, students, nurses, things of that sort. And so that's pretty much what kicked off our journey into real estate. And um, since then, we have been able to purchase a second property that is purely a vacation rental. It's actually a very beautiful and unique log cabin located in the desert, not too far from Palm Springs. And we love it. Every bit we get to be out there, we love it. And we especially love the experience that we're able to offer our guests. So I, I was extremely excited because I was like, wow, this is an opportunity to be able to pursue our financial freedom goals. But it's also another way that I get to serve individuals, which I love doing, meeting individuals' needs, paying attention to the little details. That's what hospitality is all about. And I absolutely love doing that um, when it comes to accommodating my guests. And with Airbnb, it's been such an amazing opportunity to be creative in that sense and get into the hospitality world. So I honestly love it. Uh, we definitely do plan to continue to keep going into real estate. Our goal is to make an investment into a property every year. It's definitely evolving as we go because the more we learn, the more we're realizing the different ways you can go about it. And so, um, yeah, we're excited. Real estate for sure is going to stay a part of our um, portfolio and uh, we'll see where else it, it takes us. We'll see. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's, great that it's an investment, but it's also something that you can use and enjoy when you have the time. Mm -hmm. So I guess one final question about the real estate. It obviously takes a lot of commitment and dedication in general to be working towards financial independence and investing in these properties. But how much of your time would you say in a week do you spend thinking about this financial independence goal and putting in hours towards it, I guess. Yes, that is a great question. The struggle is honestly real, Haley. I'm not even going to lie. Um, it's, it's definitely not something for everyone. Although I do believe financial freedom is for everyone. Investing is for everyone. Everyone should consider it. The way we're going about it, house hacking, Airbnb is definitely different and it may not suit everyone's um, risk tolerance level and, you know, um, 
what the circumstances that they're in and what they're able to do. But for us, since we're both, you know, yeah, working all the time, but also in a position to be able to kind of allocate time for it, we chose to go this route. Um, it does take more out of us than um, any other kind of investment probably would have taken. Um, and that's because sometimes things come up where we have to drive out to the property during the week um, to check on something or to fix something. Um, and you know, going to restock inventory. I try to do as much as I can online, but sometimes I do have to go into the store um, to pick up little goodies that I wanna probably prepare for my guests, like the s'mores kit for uh, my guests out in the wild cabin and things of that sort, um, or other little things that come up. So those little things definitely can sometimes add up and make the week be more tiring than it could have. But because we are working to get good systems in place, it's becoming more and more passive. Like what we do with our first Airbnb, the Juniper Suite, it's pretty much all hands off. I have a system in place. I communicate with my housekeepers. I put everything where it should be. I make sure I'm staying up to date and organized with my inventory and making sure we have a good system of communication. So I rarely really have to designate time for that. The log cabin in the desert, wildflower cabin, that has been the one that has been taking most of our time because little things come up here, here and there, like the hot tub wasn't working or the fence got knocked down for the heavy winds, like things like that come up. And that's when it's like, okay, how do we troubleshoot this? How do we figure this out? Um, but other than those little things that come up, once again, I establish a good communication system with my housekeepers, I'm making sure I'm keeping my inventory on track. And it really can be as little as one to two hours a week that I spend having to think about those. And um, really, like I said, we have an even a guest book creating that everything my guests need, we just, it's all in the guest book. So it makes it as easy for them as possible and for us. And so um, it can be as little as one to two hours per week that I'm spending really working on those. Um, but then it can also be as much as you know, two to three trips during the week to our second property that's 40 minutes away to fix things there. So it really varies. But all in all, the more systematic and organized you get, the more passive it becomes, and it becomes more sustainable. That's awesome that you've been able to build this into something that for the most part can take care of itself. And that's obviously the goal, which is great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. So we've talked about a lot today. I did just want to give you a chance if there's any other advice or final thoughts you want to share with the listeners, now would be the time. Oh man, final thoughts or advice. I guess my biggest advice or encouragement would be just to just to remember that our time is our biggest gift. It's our most precious asset. And just to be intentional to invest in it and use it wisely to live and give abundantly. It's one of my goals and passions. Um, and it's one that I hope everyone, especially if you're going into the field of healthcare where you're serving individuals, you know, that will be something that's in the forefront of your mind, just investing in yourself so that you, as a result of experiencing and having quality, can be able to give quality to those that you are serving, to those that you're working with, and um, to your loved ones back at home as well, because we all know it's a cycle that it, it affects itself. You know, what's happening at work can affect at home, what's happening at home can affect work, and any kind of disruption of, you know, the flow, it, it really can make it um, not favorable, and that's why I'm so passionate about 
you know, the financial freedom because it, it allows us to have the time and money to be able to pursue a life that is more personally fulfilling, whatever that means to, to us respectively. And that's why I came up with Rich Pack, Doc, and Love. You know, my particular um, audience um, focus is especially Black doctors because I feel like our experience especially is one that is unique um, in our journeys to our careers and through our careers. And, um, you know, my goal is to address the relationships, careers, and finances that tend to all impact one another in one way or the other. And um, and the goal of trying to get us to thrive in those three dominant areas of our lives, be able to get us to the point where we can be able to make an impact in our community, in our world, and help end those racial disparities in the healthcare system, help decrease that, that racial wealth gap, and just be able to help our community, our country, and our world just be able to be in a better place. And in that process, still be able to serve and enjoy our careers and just give it our best while not neglecting ourselves in the process. So that's that's my biggest encouragement to everyone is to just be intentional to do that because if you're not intentional, it's not gonna naturally happen. That is so awesome. I really wanna thank you for your time today and just in general say that I'm really excited to continue following along on what you're doing and supporting you. I also did want to ask that way people listening are able to connect with you. What's the best place for them to follow or message you if they have questions? Yes, the best place will definitely be on Instagram uh, at rich black doc in love. Um, That'll be the best place to to connect with me. I know you connected with me with my other page, D's Love and Life. That's more about my hair journey and everything. So I do talk about life there a little bit, but for anyone who's interested in more so me as a doctor and everything, especially with the fire and all of that, um, that will be the best place at Rich Black Doc and Love. And um, I definitely am planning to to come out with even more things um, in the future. So, so yeah, that will be the place. And I just want to take the time to thank you, Haley, for this opportunity. Once again, what you're doing is amazing. And I just want to commend you because you are still in dental school and you are getting it, girl. You're pursuing your career and empowering others in the process. And I just want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. And I am praying all the best for you with all of your endeavors um, through your career and your personal life and goals and everything else. Wow, you are so, so kind. I really do appreciate everything you just said. And same goes to you. I really admire everything that you're doing and I'm really excited to continue learning and supporting. All right, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something, maybe got inspired and motivated to take control of your own life, make a plan, and set yourself up for success in the future. And like I said, next week we're going to be joined with Dr. Rascone, a perio periodontics resident at Penn, and we're going to talk all about her experience from getting into dental school, figuring out that perio was a specialty for her, and how her first year of residency has gone, especially amidst graduating the pandemic and then being in a residency pretty much during all of the pandemic as well. So I hope you're all looking forward to that episode. If you're interested in specialties at all, that's definitely a great one to listen to. And even if you're not, I feel like you can learn a lot about the thought process and figuring out the best career direction for you as a future dentist. With all that being said, though, I will say goodbye for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next Monday.